But, but here's the deal. It's not like I preach on money a lot, but I do preach the full word of God because that's what God commands. He speaks more about money than he does heaven and hell and sex and marriage and any other thing. Jesus is very serious because he knows there's our treasure. But in 2016, I, probably the last time I did a series or I did a message on uh, giving, but I felt like today was a time in the state of our church that we need to align our hearts. So I, I pray that God will speak to you. I, I really bathed this in a lot of prayer and uh, so I just want us to launch into that. So let's just pray together. God, you are the owner of all things. And Lord, we love you and we open our hearts to you. May your words speak words of life. Give us courage. Give us faith to obey you. Lord, rescue us. Do miracles in our midst. God, we trust you. We trust you for our salvation. We trust you for our healing. May we trust you for our finances in Jesus name amen okay so you uh, were handed a worship guide when you came in this morning and there's a place for you just to write some notes and take off across the very top according to that great theologian he's not really a theologian but he's definitely a voice for Christ Dave Ramsey matter of fact I was down at Moe's a couple years ago and a woman walked up to me and, and Donna was there that she can verify this. And, and the woman says, sir, sir, I have to ask you a question. I've been watching you for the last 40 minutes as you've eaten. And I thought, was I that gross? I mean, what was I doing? Was I doing weird tricks? You know, my grandkids weren't with me. They weren't throwing stuff off the table. They're, they're really polite. Anyway, so what, what are you? She says, I just want to know. I said, to ask me, she goes, are you Dave Ramsey? Because we have a lot of profile, look a lot alike. And I went, no, but I wished I was. No, no. I said, I wish I had his money, but I am not Dave Ramsey. But I love Dave Ramsey, and we believe in him, and we adhere to the principles that he teaches from God's Word. But let's look at a quote. We won't give him credit. Giving the lifeblood of the believer, giving is the lifeblood of the believer, it changes our lives, and it transforms us. And I know when I speak of money, if you're already convinced to trust your treasure to Christ, and you're faithful in your giving, this will hopefully exhort, encourage you in the ways of Jesus. And if somehow you're holding back that, you're not sure, you're not confident, you're scared, whatever, all of the above, this message, I hope, will speak to you. And it could just be that it confronts you and it makes you mad. It wouldn't be the first time that I've preached or I've spoken into somebody's life truth and they got mad. But then, and, and so you're, you're saying, man, you're really, really sensitive. I am. I want to be sensitive to God's spirit. I want to be sensitive to you. I love you. You're the body of Christ. I care about you. But I care about you enough to tell you the truth and say, Man, if God didn't align this part of our financial treasures and our giving, he doesn't really have all of it. He doesn't have all of our heart. And there's some things that we're missing out on the blessings that God has. But I just, as I was studying about this, I want to jump into it a little different. I want you to write down 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. And Peter just says these words. I thought they were good to kind of start off. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by your evil desires. As I read this passage, and not read it in my study all week, so I don't have it on the screens or anything, and I just thought, man, that is a good word, that we have been entrusted with the literal promises of God Almighty. And when we obey them, when we trust in them when we believe them when we do that then and only then we participate in the divine nature of god and i said god this is this is a good word for the church lord i get to participate with you when i'm focused focused on you so you know t t this morning i'm just asking holy spirit come 
Come and fill our hearts, fill our chairs, fill our minds, and speak truth, speak revelation over us today. Because God, we want to leave here with a word from you and something that we can make applicable to our life and we can be productive and effective and somehow we can be more intentional. You know, there's a radio program on Faith Radio. Uh, it's called Intentional Living. You ever heard it before? And that's a whole focus. I always talk about be intentional, be intentional. So today, I'm asking you to join me that we would be intentional in our pursuit of God and we would be intentional in our giving our first fruits, our best to Christ, and that God would do something that only God could do. And he would do something greater because we do it in partnership with one another. We're a faith family. We're a faith community. That means we're a lot more than just one or two or five or six. There's a lot of families. A lot of families on the road today. There are a lot of folks that are here. There are people in the other building that are doing all kinds of things right now. But we're gathered here to think, God, speak to us about this money thing. Because, God, it is important to you. I mean, there's so many verses. We could just go, you could do a concordant study about how many times God speaks about treasure, how many times he speaks about giving, about our finances. And uh, so you just think, God, this is your business. Some people go, you know, we, you could talk about this. And last weekend you preached on bitterness. Pastor, that's fine. Then you're talking about habits. That's fine. But, Pastor, don't talk about my money. Uh-uh. Don't talk about my money. I've already, uh, whenever I speak about money, people go, you know, First of all, nobody talks to me when they leave. They just get out of here. Like, man, I ain't hanging around. Like, good sermon, Pastor. You, like, spanked us. No, 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 no. But, I mean, somebody, I mean, if they're really fired up about giving, they go, oh, man, glory to God. Man, preach that next weekend. Yeah, if I preach that every weekend, everybody will leave. Okay. But you just want to say, God, I want to know what your truth says. God, there's the sacred and there's the secular, and they come together. And as you go off to work in the morning, or this afternoon, maybe you have to slough to work. Just put Christ first in that. Say, Christ, lead me. Be the sinner. Lord, I, I, want, I want to trust you. Lord, I, I know that this, this money thing is big. As, as a pastor, I've done a lot of weddings. I've done a lot of marriage counseling, and all those things. And every time that I read or study or experience in my own study about breakups and breakdowns and divorces, so many times it comes back to basic income about basic incompatibility infidelity and then money issues so many times and, and you, you begin to link this together it's just like so many times it's like people could not get together on the same page or they had no margin or they were just not very wise about how they handled resources and it just caused great conflict and i wouldn't ask you to turn to people and go hey have we ever argued about that have we ever had challenges about that you know you can even watch some of the best couples if they don't understand principles on god's handling of money they will get tension in their marriage how's that isn't that a sweet word to say tension in other words they argue okay and uh and counselors have often said one third to half marriages end in divorce and it will have it at a root many times this financial component because they they haven't trusted god fully they they haven't been honest. They haven't communicated with one another. So I think God would want to talk to us. So let's just look at seven statements, only seven, on giving. Go ahead. Get ready to write. Number one, the test is given to us will I prove to be faithful. I, I think God gives us tests. I, I know in school you love tests. You got, you got excited about tests. You couldn't wait to take tests. Like, man, who are you talking to? Like, there ain't nothing fun about a test. Unless you do what? You know the material. Hey, have you ever really known the material so well you could not wait to take the test? I have. And have you ever not known the material that you did not want to take the test? And you prayed that you had an identical twin that could go in and take the test for you? 
I didn't have a twin, but God knows I wish I'd have had one in geometry. But that's another story for another day. Okay, here we go. Look, look at Malachi, Malachi. You know that favorite Italian verse in the scripture? I love, I love Malachi, man. Malachi's a fun book. It does. It looks like Malachi, doesn't it? And, and I, went, I, I went to seminary, okay, so it's Malachi. I'm not, you know, like, God, that pastor, he's like ignorant, man. Like, where did he get Malachi? But and some of you are like, man, Malachi. I've been wondering how to say that. Well, look at it. Look down, chapter 3, and look down at verse 10. And here's what God's word says. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. This would be the church. So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. That's what the New Living Translation says. He says, prove me on this. See if I'm true. See if I'm a liar. He is truth. Test me on this and see if my word works. And all I can do is my experience in Donna. We will celebrate 39 years of marriage this August. And for 30, somebody says, gosh, she looks so young. How's she been 39? Like, well, dude, you look like you've been married forever. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Okay, let's go back. 39 years. We, we decided from the very start, Christ, you are number one. All our budgets, they always have to come off this. Off the top, Lord, the tithe, it belongs to you. Giving, Lord, that is supreme. And all I can say is God blesses faithfulness to his word. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that, church? Right now, Doug's the only one like, well, amen. Everybody else is looking at me like, I don't know. Well, you know, the scripture says, hey, try it out. Randy Alcorn wrote a great book on heaven he wrote a great book he just wrote down randy alcorn the book is called treasure principle it's a little it's it's a men's book it's about it's about this big and it's about that big okay heaven it's for women it's about this thick looks like a systematic theology book okay but but you read the treasure and 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 this is what he says he said yeah it says if we're making a special case out of giving and he's saying yes test me in this and see if i don't bless you because god does say that he says man test me in this so I just encourage you, it's not something I made up or I thought, man, this would be a great way to get people to give. This would just be a great way to say, God, I want to align my heart with you. And Lord, you say, trust me. There's an equivalent to Malachi 3.10 because there's always debate. Tithing is an Old Testament principle. Just write down Matthew 23.23 is a great New Testament passage. There's also a parallel here that I think is Luke 6.38. Write down Luke 6.38. And it says, give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and it will be poured into your lap. Do you believe that? That's what God says. Lord, I bring, I give, I trust, I look to you. And so, Lord, uh, I don't want this to just be restricted to the people of the Old Covenant, to the Old Testament. God, I believe this is your word for today. Lord, I want to trust you. And, and, and so the simple word there this morning is this, Lord, there's a test, and, and I want to pass it. Because what happens, what happens in this world? You work for a company, you have to take tests, you have to take exams, you, you go to school, you take exams. What happens when you don't pass a test? You fail, and you get to do it again. So all that anxiety gets to get worked up again. But the good thing is, is when you prepare, most of the time, what happens? You pass a test. All I'm saying here is, I don't want us to have to learn over and over, like, God, you, you've spoken, Lord, there's a test. Lord, we trust you, we look to you. But let's move to point two. Treasure should be stored in heaven. Our treasure should be stored above. And you're saying, well, now how? Have you got God's email? I, I know you love God, but like, did God give you a special slip that you can make a deposit? Did he give you an online giving deal? No, no. But we can send our gifts ahead to heaven. Do you believe that, church? 
Do you believe you can send your treasures ahead? I do. I think Scripture's clear about that. And uh, Matthew 6 and different, you know, 1 through 4. And, and then he talks about beware practicing, uh, uh, or beware of the practicing your righteousness before other people because then you will have no reward. But give to him in secret and God will reward you. So I'm not saying, hey, you know, when we pass baskets, like, man, hey, look at this, man. This is awesome. Because today in the church, so many people give online and, and that's well and fine. And, and man, we're grateful however you give. But, but there is something about this act of worship that, that I love when we bring our tithes into the church and we put it in a basket. It's just kind of a cool thing. And it helps remind us that, God, you, you are honored. Um, you know, one, one thing Jesus said, you like, he said, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And then, and then come follow me. And, and, and I, I don't, you know, I mean, it might be the easiest to hey, sell everything we have. Or it's like, hey, you be willing, you lay it on the altar, you be faithful, you give all to me. But definitely, definitely consider the poor among you. Consider those that are hurting. Let me just tell you, we have a benevolence ministry that we have uh, started when we started the church. And people give to that from time to time. You're definitely able to do that. And, and those dollars, they, they go directly back into our community to help people. Maybe in our church, maybe outside of our church. It's just, it's just one way that we can honor Jesus Christ. And in your own life, when Jesus says, hey, man, have margin in your life that you can give to those that have need. Doesn't it feel good when you give? Hello? Oh, I mean, it's just good. And how do you feel when you don't have anything to give? You're like, man, like, I know you have a need, but I don't have anything to give. But yet, when you've created margin, you've asked God to be a part of your life and a part of this financial thing, and you give to him in faith, it's just beautiful how God blesses those efforts, and, and he's honored in that, in this treasure. At one verse, and write down Luke 12, 33 through 34. Sell your possessions, give to the poor, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. I mean, right now, if you go online today and look at your banking, if you carry a checkbook, I mean, I don't even want to ask how many of you carry checkbooks. I, I ask the young generation, man, do you have a checkbook? They're like, what is a checkbook? I ask them sometimes, do you have a video? What is a video? Do you have a CD? CDs, or those those little flying saucers? Oh, whatever, okay. And, and it's kind of that way. I, you know, I just want to know, I want to humor myself. How many still have checkbooks? Just raise your hand. Okay, all right. It's better than I thought. Praise God. Okay. Hey, let's pass the baskets again. You, you all just agreed. You all just agreed that you had checkbooks. I didn't ask you if you had anything in it. But do, do you have, that, that, that was kind of, that was kind of, I, I was really humored that, that many raised their hands. Because I remember one of my kids one time said, Dad, you know, the only time I write a check is to our church. He says, you know, that's, that's when I write a check. The rest of it is online. We do this and that. I go, oh, that's cool. So then I realized, you know what, we better have this online giving working because if people don't have checks, they're not giving. Go, hey, I'm just stockpiling my reserves at home. Okay, let's keep going. Okay, ready? So he, he talks to us here about our treasure should be stored in heaven and, and denying ourselves many times. Uh, Jesus said, are you willing to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and do what? Follow after me. So this, this stewardship of money, possessions, life, time, energy, it's a day-by-day -day thing. It, it's a daily pursuit with God to follow after him. But in Matthew 6, 20, and I, I shared it there a minute ago, but I just want you to hear it again. Matthew 6, 20, put it in your notes, start. Here it is. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, but thieves do not break in and steal. God, help us as people of God to learn to store our treasures, to send them ahead 
Because, Lord, in that there is a reward. In that there is great honor to your name. In that the advancement of the kingdom of Christ is ushered in through our faithfulness to Christ. Craig Blomberg, in a commentary on Matthew, says, It's storing up your treasures in heavens. It's when we focus in a particular manner on the compassionate use of the material resources that God has entrusted to us to meet others' physical and spiritual needs. But we're very loving and faith-filled and compassionate to share what God has entrusted to us because we have established that there's a priority in our life of the kingdom of Christ. See, for you and me, if we don't establish a priority in giving, I'm just going to tell you, I've been doing this a long time. You don't ever give. You, you, you want to, you intend to, you're thinking about it. I mean, I don't want to even ask you, but does anybody in here, just think in your own mind, is there anything you intend to do, but you still intend, and, and you're about five or ten years later? Just hold your hand up about this high with me. Yeah, I mean, there's things I'm intending to do. And they are good and noble. I'm intending. I don't want to get to heaven and go, Keith, what, what? Son, I gave you promises. I gave you the divine nature of my son. You intended. You sit over here. <laughs> no, Lord, I, I, I want to move past my intentions to action. Lord, I want to trust you. See, I do believe that when we get to heaven, the great pearl of great price is to meet Jesus face to face. And to see Paul and Timothy and go through the ones that you want to. And then, and then it's time to go see my mom that God took for me when I was a nine-year-old boy. My dad and my stepmom. And yes, the one that the Lord took three months ago last Sunday, Jan. You say, Jan, hi, is it? Oh, Keith. See, y'all didn't think Jan talked much. She talked to me. She liked me. No, she liked you. Jan would talk to me, and we would share. And I got to tell you, I don't think Mama will shut up since she's got there. I think her tongue has been loosened, and she's, oh, this is wonderful. Let me show you around. And you see, she was one on this earth. I remember when she learned to tithe, and she came to me. She goes, I want to trust Christ in tithing and giving. And she started sending that heavenly bank account ahead years ago, every month. Faithful, faithful, faithful. And there are people in heaven, people that heard the gospel. There's missions that got supported, that got started because of her faithfulness to give to Christ. Man, God, I want us to be in that. You invest your money in the kingdom. We, we feed, we've fed a lot of people over here over the years because you gave. We've helped a lot of people because you gave. The gospel has gone forth. Missionary and movements that are happening right now as I speak, they're happening because of your faithfulness. Just in a couple of weeks, our missions team will send out a large check. Not because of our great giving right now, because it's, it's bad. We'll talk about it in a minute. But because of our faithfulness of the past and some reserves, and there will be margin, and the Wilfords will make their house payment for another year. Praise God. Where are we going to be a year from now? Just think about it. You're going, man, this pastor's kind of feeling this. See, Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate one, you love the other, you'll be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Choose. I added choose. It's not in there, okay? But we need to choose. God, I want to serve you because your kingdom matters. I, I don't want to trust in my money. You know, you know the thing about money and trusting in my possessions? They're subject to decay. 
And they're subject to be stolen, ripped off. They don't last. They just fade. But the things that are done for Christ, the things that are sent ahead, the things that advance the cause of Jesus Christ, those things are eternal, and they live forever. God, help us to be faithful and to trust you. Lord, I know this world is decaying. I know we're getting older, Zelda, and all of us. But blessed are us that have our blessed hope in Jesus Christ, and we trust him, and we get to go to heaven, and we get to live with him forever in the glory of heaven oh god thank you for that when we make christ the security the center of our being of our worship of our life of our working our serving our playing and yes even our giving so this morning the whole title was financially alive oh i want you to be so spiritually alive but i think being spiritually alive is a part of that is being financially alive and the church said it is it is if, if you're not financially alive Man, maybe it's because you've been withholding that from which is Christ, and he wants you to give a portion. He wants you to give it all, but he give it to him to return it. Lord, help us to, um, to bless you. See, here's what I've learned. People will lie for money. <laughs> they will. They'll steal for money. They'll leave their families for money. They'll neglect children for money. But the Bible says, write it down, Proverbs 15, 17, a loving family is more valuable than money. Yeah, amen. Love that family. Love the one God's giving you. Lord, help us to be faithful, to have integrity, to have honor. Proverbs 15, 16. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. God, I have a lot. I have a little. I have some. But Christ, I want to give it to you. I want, I want to relinquish these resources back to you, Christ. And you show me how to distribute those according to your plan. And, you know, individually we seek him, we look after him. But God, help me not to be wasteful. Help me to not be a poor steward. But help me to be a faithful steward of those things that you've entrusted to. I, I just hope this morning that, man, you're solid in this giving thing. Man, you're just encouraged today. And maybe you haven't considered or you've pushed it off. I pray by the spirit of the living Christ that today he would push your heart toward this spiritual discipline called giving. And become more financially alive than you've ever been. Look, look there quickly in the middle of the page in the box. Am I putting God first in my finances, giving him his tithe? We've talked about that. B, am I investing in ministries and mission endeavors that are reaching others with the gospel? That's important. C, am I glorifying God with how I earn the money, spend, manage, and he gives me? And D, am I putting money into savings or am I spending it all? Now, just real quick, this is real practical. I, I, I try to teach this in premarital, and I think it's just a great principle to start on and then build from there. 10, 10, 80. Top 10. Lord, I return it to you. I give 10 to you, Lord. 10. I want to save 10. I want to create margin in my life, Lord. And then 80. I want to live on the 80%. And when you do not do that math, you always come up short. Do you understand what I'm saying, church? I mean, every study, everybody I talk to, when they have no margins because they don't believe in the power of saving, saving matters. Giving matters more. Living is important. It's just, it's just real simple. So look at D3. Transfer ownership to him. I still remember we had this little short Hawaiian that used to run around here, Lieutenant Colonel. Loved Jay Osserman. He'd get so excited he could speak faster than I did. And he always had a camera around his neck. And he's always running around the camera. Hey, hey, Pastor, you want to shoot pictures? Jay, don't even ask me. Just shoot. And on Mondays, man, my, my email box would load up. Oh, my goodness. He was like, I mean, he got some shots of me that were embarrassing. And then he got some good shots. And he would do videos. And he'd do all this. It was just all the time. He was shooting pictures. 
But he loved Christ. He met with me every Monday morning with a bunch of men in prayer. And when he left here, he, he caught a passion for prayer, and he started a, a prayer group on his base in Arkansas, and then he ended up having to retire in Hawaii. Oh, man, really? Can't believe that. But I'm not bitter. Okay, and, uh, but I remember one time when Jay told me, he says, Pastor, he says, man, my car's not doing so well. Matter of fact, it died the other day at McDonald's. Well, I, I tell you why it died, you went to McDonald's. No, I, I, so I'm just kidding. So he, he says, man, my car's not doing bad. He says, but I am not stressed, and it's going to be a lot of money. I said, you got great margin in your life. He says, well, I have margin. He said, but let me tell you, that is not my car. I said, you stole a car, you want to confess to the pastor? He said, no, it is not my car. That car belongs to God. And it's God's responsibility through me to fix it. And it's God's car. And God is going to provide, and I trust him. Now, next. And he just walked off. And I went, this man's crazy. But he's right. And the bed you woke up in this morning, when you got out of the bed, that bed is not yours. You say, it is. I paid for it. That is God's bed. That house you live in, you go, my house. It ain't your house. It's the bank's house at best, okay? But even that house you live <laughs> I thought that was funny too. But that house you live in, that's God's house. And this church, this is not my church. This is God's church. Amen? And God, we got some problems. We got some debts. And he knows because I've been, I've been wearing out heaven. But God wants to work through you and me to solve the problem. We're the solution, church. Everybody's like, I was liking your story till you just asked me to be all in. When you asked me to be in, I checked out. Fourth, trust for him is evidenced by our willingness to give. God, I trust you. I trust you right now. Greg Gorey's laying in the bed at UAB, and we've been praying for him to overcome his stroke in Jesus' name. We're praying for little uh, Courtney to be healed of leukemia. We're praying for Gideon. You know, we've got three right now in Birmingham, haven't we? We've got all these people, and we're praying. And we trust God for that. And, oh, God, I'm trusting you for my wayward son, daughter, brother, sister, mom, dad, whoever. God, I'm trusting. Oh, God, save them. Oh, God, deliver them. Oh, God, they're bad. And it might be they're praying that for you. I don't know. And you're, and you're God, I trust you. I trust you. But when it comes to giving, oh, God, I don't know, I don't know God. Yeah, I trust you, God. But, oh, God, oh, it hurt. Trust him in your giving. I just believe that God wants to do supernatural things in our church over the next few months in the area of giving. I'm begging him for that. I'm asking him for that. I'm asking you to respond to Christ. Good word, Lord. We trust you. Jesus over in, uh, I love this passage, Mark 12, 41 through 44. You've you got to share this passage when you're talking in a passionate manner about giving. So let's look at it. Mark 12. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. and He watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. And many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came. And she put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Let's comment there. Somebody said, Jesus, you are a great moral teacher. Jesus, you're a very good preacher. You're poor in economics. But look, let's go on. They all gave out of their wealth, said Jesus. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything she had to live on and this has been preached on year after year by preachers the gospel of jesus christ and this woman was faithful out of her not out of her abundance out of her poverty the macedonian church took an offering and they gave out of their poverty 
and God blessed, and Paul was able to continue great works. And I'm just thinking here this morning. It's not, and see, Jesus was watching. It wasn't like Jesus was over there on his phone texting. They didn't have phones then, okay? But Jesus wasn't sitting over there. Jesus was apparently sitting pretty close, and he was watching, and he was watching people as they gave. And he noticed what this woman gave. Just a few little coins. But man, the amazing, stunning. My grandson learned a new word. He's three years old. He says, extraordinary, Pop. I said, extraordinary? You're three. He, did he not say that yesterday? He goes, that's extraordinary. I went, you're preaching next weekend, dude. This was I thought that was funny too. That was extraordinary giving. Because she gave, man. She got it. She dropped it in the basket or the box or whatever it was. I don't know what the instrument was, but she was faithful. You know what, you know what I learned about this woman? Write it down. There was no excuse. She gave. And I think that right there, I could, I could preach for an hour, and I might. But what I'd say to you is we don't have excuses. You're saying, well, Keith, I don't have very much, but I've got some. Keith, I've got a medium amount, okay? And you might say, Keith, I don't want to tell you because you probably hit me up for something, but I'm wealthy. Well, praise God. You got any friends? Go find them. No. Poor, medium, wealthy, we don't care. Let's just come to Jesus and worship him, amen? And let's all get in this in partnership for the gospel of grace. Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. God, this world is my father's everything deuteronomy 10 14 to the lord your god belongs the heavens even the highest heavens the earth and everything therefore in it belongs to you god i trust you god haggai 2 8 don't you love that word haggai don't name your kid that but it's a great name haggai 2 8 the silver is mine the gold is mine declares the lord almighty it all belongs to god you say well at least i own myself you do not it all belongs to God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 basically just says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. When you and me got redeemed, saved, born again, became spiritually alive, we were bought by the blood of Jesus. And therefore now, God, I'm not my own. I'm yours. You put your stamp on me your blessed Holy Spirit. The scripture says he has now sealed us and marked us with a deposit, guaranteeing us against that day. Amen, Lord. So, Lord, we want to handle money in a way that honors you. Lord, all these things are yours or not mine. Look at, look at five, tithe, establishing my giving patterns. I think I've tried to build a biblical case for that today. Lord, help me to establish a giving pattern of tithing and, and trusting. And, uh, Lord, that that would be my testimony that, Lord, what I have is not mine. It's yours. You have ownership. I've transferred ownership to you now. I will give. Lord, I will trust you under no circumstances. I believe are we justified to say, God, I'm not going to tithe. I'm not going to give. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. God, I, I want to be selfish. I want to be greedy. Well, we definitely have that opportunity. But God would say, no, lean into me. Trust me. Believe me. Lord, in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, listen to the Apostle Paul. Now this is, I say to he who sows sparingly will also reap in a sparingly manner. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for our church. I want our church to sow faithfully. 
and I want us to reap a harvest. You know when we built this building? There was a big billboard we had out here. We were at AUM. The church was exploding. We bought this first 5.6-acre track, and we had a big sign out there. And I remember when God gave this to me, this was our slogan. Anybody remember what it was? Baby, I love you. My, my wife, and I hadn't told her, hey, she didn't know what I'm preaching. I don't say, hey, Don, because if, if she does, she'll rewrite it. It'll be much better. So y'all probably pray she would rewrite it. Here it is. It was called Building for the Harvest. And, man, we've seen a harvest here over the years. We've believed that there would be a harvest at Ryan Road of souls and lives transformed by the grace of Jesus. Amen? And we built for the harvest. So here we are, man. Let's have a harvest. Let's be faithful to Christ. A good measure. It's like this whole good measure shaken down, pressed together. I don't know about you, but I like to eat. Surprise. And I like potato chips, among things. But I get aggravated every time I open up a potato chip bag. Thing looks nice. I open it up, pfft, air. And then there's chips. I go, why don't they put the chips to the top? Anybody ever feel like that? I'm thinking, man, this is, this is a bum. But you know what? I like what God does. God says, give it, press down, shaking together, full overflowing. You know what I'm saying? How many want a, a chip God? <laughs> we'll just give you a little bit. Or do you want God to give you the fullness of his life, of his love, of his spirit? How many want the fullness of God? Well, here's one way. God, help me be financially alive. Lord, that honors you. I trust you. I get encouragement. I, I trust you. Look at six. Like I keep moving. Trapped in debt. There's no freedom for you if you're trapped in debt. It just holds you back. In, in the scripture, 1 Timothy 6, 9, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires, but they plunge people into ruin and destruction. See those impulse purchases and expensive upgrades. And no, 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 no. You, you ever notice that you go in to buy something and they go, but you know what, you, you need to add these options. You know, and you say, hey, I want the 1995 deal, you know? They say, yeah, but you really want the 2736 deal. What are you talking about? Well, it's got some upgrades. You go get a car, they go, man, you need some upgrades. You buy your phone, you want upgrades. Even when you go eat. You want to upgrade that? What is it? You want to supersize that? He's <laughs> like, yes. I mean, you know. You're like, no, with a petite uh, uh, body light? Yeah, whatever. All right, so here we go. That's not funny. Don't even laugh about that. Okay. But what I know is uh, these, these statistics change all the time, but roughly average loan debt is at least $30,000. Average student loan debt, students carry, they say, is now $49,000 and growing yearly. The average credit card debt, for those carrying a credit card debt is at least $17,000. No, 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 no. You're going, man, I'm just poor listening to you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, man, be financially alive. That's what we want. We just want you to be alive in the fullness of Christ and trust him. I'll give you the verse, Proverbs 27, 7. Did I, did I write it in there? No, I didn't, but I should. Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the bar is the slave to the, win, to the lender. God when I'm so indebted that I, I can't pay attention or I don't have margin or I can't give to the cause of Christ or I can't do this, I'm a slave. But God, you died that I could be free. So help me to learn to obey your principles. Debt is just a form of uh, slavery or bondage. Look at this last one, seven. Thriving as a believer is the children of God. Happens, this is when it happens, when we give generously and not grudgingly. 
God, I want to be a cheerful giver in the house of God. I want to be a cheerful giver for the causes of Jesus Christ. God, I want to be a cheerful giver for others. God, I just want to be generous. Lord, I want to thrive in you. I, don't want, to, I, I want to manage. I want to be a steward of the things you entrust to me. But God, I'm going to need wisdom because, Lord, left on my own, I'll make some poor decisions. But with the leadership of the Holy Spirit, I, I can make the right ones. Generosity embraces a biblical understanding of stewardship. That God, you are the owner of everything that our pastors talked about today. And the resources that I possess, they are to be invested in the kingdom. So Lord, help me to be a kingdom investor. I promise you, you can leave this world with a lot of money and a lot of possessions. And that's well and fine. But if you have not considered about the eternal riches and the treasures of Jesus Christ and being a kingdom investment player, you will miss out on so much of what Christ has for you. And we will as the body of Christ. Be generous, be generous, make me generous. Let me give you these real quick. They're not in your notes, but I want to give them to you. Six benefits that we experience in giving and generosity. It brings order and life to your finances. It just does. You're generous, it brings order to you. Number two, it stretches your faith when you give. Because sometimes, people tell me this all the time, sometimes people call me. I don't know if they call me to make me feel better or to make me feel depressed. Pastor, I just want you to know, I gave Sunday morning, and it hurts. You got any Cheerios? Can you come over? No, they don't use it like that. They're just like, man, I gave Sunday. Oh, man, Pastor. It's, but then other times they go, my faith is stretching because I'm learning to trust Christ. Third, it reminds me when I give that I'm not in control, God is. Fourth, this is cool. When you and I give, we get to celebrate when lives are changed by the power of Jesus. Fifth, this is critical. Don and I got to do this. The Wombles are doing this. So many people in this place are doing this. And if you're not, start. You get to model biblical stewardship to the kids that live in your house. You know what's better? Words or an example? Give an example to your kids. And six, I play a part in getting the gospel of Jesus Christ out when I give. So why don't we give? I want you to write this down. I want you to miss this today. We give to become like Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to give to become more like you. And when people see us, they see you, Christ, and not us. So here's what I want to do. That's, this is kind of the bulk, and I'm just going to wrap this up. I could have spent a lot of time, and I've been really struggling about how to do this next part, but I'm just going to do it real quick. I'm going to be real raw. 22 years ago, we began this great work of faith called Christ Community. And God has done and continues to do amazing things. We are finding ourselves in very challenging times. And I know somebody's going, man, I'm a visitor here. Man, he's getting, but guys, you've already seen us be real. We prayed for people. We did body life. We did the Word. I just want to tell you, our church is really struggling. It's created enormous pressure on our leadership and our elders and this pastor and loans and banks all those are very challenging because we haven't been very faithful we've had great margin in the past because of the faithfulness of the people that have preceded you or that are still here praise god but our church needs to respond i'm in contact with banks and our bank that holds the loan and on and on and on and here's what i'll tell you the last bank that i talked to that gave us hope ended up having to pull down and go we can't do it cash reserves are low everything else is good equity loaned them out 
leadership, great, 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 but cash flow is bad. I know you're going, man, I want an economic lesson, but I just want to be real. So I'm asking you, church, how much do you love your church? Pray, serve, but give. Because when we give, Christ is honored. When you give, our church has a greater witness. Amen? So church, I'm just giving you a real honest plea today. I hope a lot of people watch this online that aren't here today. It's challenging times. And some impending decisions are coming if we, because our margins are, sl- are going south. But, I, but let me say this. But in faith, in faith, I believe that our church has a resilient heart and a resilient attitude. And our church can rise up in the power of Jesus. Amen. And if you believe in this church and you want this church to thrive, and you think our city still needs Christ's community, you will give sacrificially, you will give to the Lord, you will give cheerfully, and God will get glory because there will be a miracle in this church. But if you don't, I can't hardly think about it. It breaks my heart. But I've got a great faith. I've got great courage. And I serve with some great people. Let's rise up, church. Let's be the church. So I'm telling you, the bank's watching us. From now to August, we need to see some miracles quickly. It's up to us. God says, you can partner with me. Bring yourself glory, Jesus Christ. We'll boast in the name of the Lord. He is a strong tower to the ends of the earth. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Amen.